Cookie Miller, and this is Worth the Wait. Join me every week as I explore profound weight loss solutions beyond just diet and exercise, because a lifestyle change starts with changing your mind. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Worth the Wait. I'm your host, Cookie Miller, and today we are talking about why and how all calories are not created equal. So, of course, we're going to break this into a few parts like we always do. We'll talk about calories in versus calories out, which is probably something you're pretty familiar with. Then we'll talk about energy balance, unsuspected causes of inability to lose weight, energy in versus energy out, and of course, we'll talk about what to do. So let's get into it. We've all heard of calories in versus calories out. If you eat more than you burn, you'll gain weight. If you eat less than you burn, you'll lose weight. Now, this concept is why we have so many of those calorie calculators online. But calorie calculators can be off by 20 to 30%. And guess what? This statistic is only taking into account young people with no health issues. So imagine the difference for older individuals or those who have health issues or hormonal imbalances about how different that can be for them. Now, calories in versus calories out is also a part of the reason why we kind of got stuck in this whole 1200 calorie diet as a blanket for anybody and everybody who wanted to lose weight, which ended up causing so many unhealthy relationships with food. Now, in addition to the calculators being inaccurate, Food labels are also allowed to have up to a 20% difference for inaccuracies. And restaurant menus can be off by 300 calories, not just per meal, but per food item. So though calories in versus calories out is a scientific fact, that's not exactly how it works, right? Because sometimes the calories that you think you're taking in are not really the calories you're taking in, and the calories that you think are going out out are not the calories that are going out because just the same way that there are these inaccuracies with the food calculators, there's also inaccuracies with the type of activity trackers that you wear. Now, speaking of activity, of course, exercise is important, but the concept of eating too much and not moving enough is only true sometimes. It does not take into account the other ways that the body burns calories. So as with many concepts when it comes to the health and fitness world, this is nuanced. This is going to be different from calories in versus calories out because it does not consider other ways the body burns calories. And some of those other ways are through just general kind of movement, like moving your hands or taking the stairs or, you know, working in your garden or just any kind of movement that you do that actually causes your body to burn calories. And there's a name for this. It's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. The problem with this concept is that it only takes into account scheduled exercise and the food that you eat. Now let's talk about energy balance. So energy balance is what is going to greatly impact your calories in versus calories out. So factors that influence your energy in are things like appetite, right? And your appetite can be influenced by what? It can be influenced by your hormones, for example, right? Ladies know this is true. If it's around that time of month, you start feeling a little bit hungrier or maybe you're craving something specific or my ladies who have ever been pregnant, 
same thing, right? Your hormones start going berserk and you're craving these foods that you never had a craving for. So that can certainly affect your calories in. Now, another thing that can impact that is the type of food that you consume. And this is going to vary based on your culture. It also varies based on how much sleep you got. So did you know that if you're undersleeping, you're not getting enough rest, then the next day you're statistically more likely to eat more calories. So your sleep quality is definitely going to play a part. And then education. What do you know about food? What do you know about nutrition, right? How well versed are you in this for you to make educated decisions whenever you are deciding what you're going to put in your body. Next, we have calories absorbed. So your body has to be in a certain position to be able to actually absorb the nutrients and the energy that it's receiving. So that is going to be impacted by your gut health by your nutrient intake, right? Are you taking in foods that have nutrients for your body to absorb, or are you always taking in processed foods that are not nutrient dense? These things are gonna impact that as well. And then of course, there are gonna be psychological factors, which are gonna be things like stress, and again, also your sleep, which is gonna have an impact on that. Let's talk about the factors that influence your energy out. Okay, so energy out is going to be your energy that is burned. So first you have the energy that is burned at rest. That is going to be determined by your current weight and also by your dieting history, right? So in other words, the more weight that you have on you, the more energy that you can burn at rest, which is why it's really good to put on muscle, ladies. Um, but also your dieting history is going to make an impact. Please go back if you haven't. I believe it was in season two or maybe in season one. We'll put it down in the show notes. But there is two podcasts, actually. There are two podcasts that I did. One was called Eating 1200 Calories and Still Not Losing Weight. And then the one right after that was like exercising all the time and still not losing weight. Both of those have to do with dieting history. And I recommend that you listen to those two. The next thing is going to be exercise. Of course, we were expecting this one, right? So exercise, the frequency that you're exercising, but also the intensity at which you're exercising is going to make an impact on how much you are burning. Then you have your energy that is burned through NEAT. Remember, we talked about that earlier, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So everything that is done outside of your scheduled exercise, you could be working in your garden, you could be cooking, anything that causes you to have movement. Even right now, as I'm recording, I'm moving my hands. That is also NEAT. Then you have your energy burned by eating or digestion. So yes, did you know that? The food that you eat, when you take your time to chew it, to swallow it, it has to go through your digestive tract. All of that actually burns calories. This is why you want to eat foods that are very dense, foods that have a lot of nutrients, whole nutritious foods, because those foods tend to take longer for you to chew um, and for it to go through your digestive tract, which then causes it to burn more calories. I mean, just think about eating like you know, a pan of baked chicken or something versus eating like a pan of brownies, right? And think about how easily you can chew the brownies and how fast they process versus how long it would take the chicken to digest. 
So now that you know all of this, here are some of the causes of your inability to lose weight that you may not have considered before. One of them we already talked about, which was poor sleep quality. Remember I told you poor sleep quality can cause you to maybe overeat the next day, but also poor sleep quality means that your body doesn't have a chance to go through its processes of repairing and resting overnight as it should, which also is gonna cause you to hold on to weight. Next is gonna be poor stress management. You know, we're in a time where everybody is stressed. We're all dealing with stress. Stress management is how you respond to that stress. A lot of times when I talk about things like this, people will say, oh, well, you know, I can't help it. My life is stressful. And they start telling me all the things they have going on. I get it and I empathize. But the stress management isn't necessarily about completely changing those things, but how you respond to those things, um, which, of course, then impacts how your body responds to it. So think about it in that way. Next is going to be low neat. How do you get a low neat? If you're someone who just sits at your desk all day and you never do anything else, maybe you leave and you go for a workout for 30 minutes lifting weights, you have low neat. You are still an inactive person. In order to increase that neat, you have to do the things that are extra. Maybe that's getting up, walking around your office a little while. Um, Maybe that's actually just scheduling out time for your walks so you can make sure that you're not sitting all day. But all of those things will help to improve your neat. Next is going to be food quality. Remember, we talked about the whole chicken versus, you know, the brownies. So if you're not getting in enough quality nutrients, then again, your body isn't going to be properly fueled. You're not going to feel as good. And if you don't feel as good and you feel low energy, it's going to be very hard for you to get up and get workouts in. Another unexpected cause of your inability to lose weight is over-exercising. Remember, I referred you to two podcasts that I recorded back-to-back that I want you to check out. The other one was about over-exercising. That's exactly what we're talking about here. When you put your body into over-exercise mode and you're someone who may already be stressed, for example, you are just wreaking havoc on your cortisol, causing that to spike. That can cause blood sugar issues and then that can cause you to be stuck. Another thing is that if you're someone who cycles through over-exercising, not exercising at all, over-exercising, not exercising at all, you can create something called metabolic adaptation. So again, definitely recommend you go and listen to both of those, but that is another cause of your inability to lose weight. The last one is going to be meal timing. This can be a little tricky. Different things work for different people. Um, I'm a fan of like all the diets that are out there, all the things that are out there, because I think they all have different purposes and serve different people. So intermittent fasting, for example, can work. I think it's a great tool. It's something that we've used as as the human race since the dawn of time. And so it can work for some people. But for example, again, going back to that person who's highly stressed, um, maybe they're already over-exercising, they're not uh, sleeping well, their stress management is poor, that person probably shouldn't be intermittent fasting where they're missing the first meal of the day because that's when your cortisol is its highest and then that can, of course, cause other issues. So meal timing, if you're someone who is dealing with that level of stress and you do have these other issues, I would say is super important. You do want 
want to have breakfast within an hour of waking up. And then you want to try and eat maybe every three hours or so, making sure that in between those times, you're not like snacking on little things, but you're allowing your body to go through its process to digest and then having your scheduled meal or snack three hours after. Now, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I feel like I'm doing everything right and I should be seeing results, but there are a few culprits that could be causing you to be stuck. One of those things can be a small increase in food due to stress or mood. You may not realize the little bit of extra snacking you're doing. Um, You know, maybe the little bit of extra servings that you're having of things or little snacks that you're grabbing here and there that, again, may be related to the fact that you're not sleeping well or you're having high stress or you're in a poor mood. And then in turn, you just eat to try to comfort yourself. So that's something that could be causing you to be stuck. Another thing is medication changes. Make sure that you're looking at your medications, that you're asking your doctors, asking your pharmacist, um, double checking your your current medications with your supplements, things like that. There are some types of medication changes that can cause you to have weight retention or water retention. So you wanna make sure that you have thoroughly looked into that. Uh, Next thing would be chronic pain or injury, right? Oh my goodness, I have a a client going through this right now who has an ankle injury. It's tough, right? When a lot of her need has been coming from walking. We've just been doing walking. She hasn't even gotten into workouts yet. She's been seeing a lot of progress with weight loss, but then she has an ankle injury. So now the focus has to go from the need, which can still be accomplished, but not as easily, right? Because now the couple of options that she has would be to go and do like swimming or it it would kind of take her outside of her household versus just going out to walk whenever. So it can make things a little more complicated. And of course that can result in having less neat if you aren't as mobile. And then what we've already talked about, which is poor sleep, which again can cause more consumption. Now switching gears into ultra processed foods that are going to encourage weight gain. Ultra processed foods are things like chips, sweet drinks that are not naturally sweetened, but added sugar, fries and fried foods, foods that contain hydrogenated oils, high fructose corn syrups and emulsifiers are all going to also encourage weight gain. So research shows that those who eat processed food eat about 500 more calories per day than those who eat a diet full of more whole and nutritious foods. Why does this happen? It happens because when you get that little taste of sugar, that's what you want. And I can hear some of you now who are like people who love savory foods. I get it. A lot of the savory foods you like, for example, French fries, have sugar in them, right? Um, Think about places like McDonald's. This is a place that purposely puts sugar and salt into the fries so that it can have that addictive type of you can have that type of addictive reaction to it. So it's important to be aware of how the foods that you eat actually influence your body. And then the last thing is gonna be meals that are not satisfying. These are things that you can eat quick that in the moment it kind of makes you feel like you've, um, you know, you've eaten enough or you've kind of like, Uh, you really were able to address that temptation that you were having or that craving, but like 30 minutes later, you're hungry again. 
right? So pretty much anything that you can snack on, those types of kind of ultra processed foods do not contain enough nutrients. And because they don't have enough nutrients, they don't make you feel satiated and full. So you feel hungrier and you end up eating more because of the types of foods that you're choosing to eat. So with this, you can probably see and understand how calories in versus calories out kind of sounds like a good idea right? But there's more to it. There's more that's needed to it. This is why back in the day when that whole, um, there was like the bodybuilder thing was going on and everybody was doing IIFYM, if it fits your macros. And you know, that, that can kind of make sense. So there were people who were eating like two Snickers bar and then one meal, right? You can only do that for so long. At some point, your body is going to crave those nutrients. You're not going to be able to will yourself out of those temptations that you're having by feeding yourself those foods that make you only want those types of foods. Now that you better understand why all calories are not created equal and how processed foods, sleep quality, lack of meat can cause you to be stuck at a plateau, you're probably like, okay, what can I do now? Here's what you can do. I want you to focus on consuming higher amounts of protein to increase your satiety. So these are things like chicken, lentils, tempeh, fish, beans, which are also gonna give you fiber, maybe having a protein shake with a high quality protein powder. All of those are great ways to increase your protein intake. Next is to consume more fiber rich foods. That's gonna be your vegetables, your fruits. Think about carrots or spinach. These are things that are gonna give you a good amount of fiber. Next is gonna be consuming these foods regularly right? I know. I can only imagine what you're thinking. Consume these foods regularly over the ultra processed foods. And that is going to cause your brain to then crave those foods instead of craving the foods that are not helping you to get to your goal. So though calories in versus calories out is not not true, it is more nuanced than you've been thought to believe. There are so many factors that truly impact your ability to lose weight. And of course, your focus on diet and exercise is important, but also focus on food quality, sleep, and stress management. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Wait. If this episode or any of our episodes have helped you, please consider leaving us a five-star review. You can follow us on IG at Worth the Wait Podcast. Be sure to take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening and we will definitely repost. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.